Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. There's something very admirable and aesthetic about a group that is tough and confident. The U.S. Marines are a highly admired outfit in the United States, for instance. The Navy SEALs is another one. Sports teams that are known as tough, disciplined, and confident are greatly feared by their rivals, and they win championships. I have a member uh, with a reputation for toughness in their company. Many seek jobs there. They, they never have a problem with hiring. If you're having a problem with hiring, by the way, this episode is for you because this may nail down a few of the points that make your company not so attractive to others. But anyway, this particular member of mine, as I said, many seek jobs there. Few are selected. People who start working there shortly discover what is demanded of them, and they either quickly rise to the challenge or they quit. My own organization is considered a pretty tough organization. What are we talking about when we're talking about these types of organizations? We are talking about elite groups. In general, the public recognize and admire elite organizations. Have you not found that to be so? And have you ever thought about what makes them elite? Well, if you want to build an elite group of your own, and maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you should, you should strive to have an elite organization, one where people are lining up to be a part of it. The first thing would be to recognize what makes a group elite. I have a member who is an executive at Google in New York and uh, invited me over for a visit one time to look around. I was stunned. The place is enormous, whole New York City block and full of uh, restaurants and cafes and ping pong tables and pool tables and meditation rooms and you name it. I mean, I felt almost like I was walking through, not an amusement park exactly, but it certainly looked like a place that was more geared up for play than for work. I have no wish to criticize Google, probably a rather extraordinary organization, but I don't know that I would call it an elite organization. I don't know if these are the factors that make an organization elite. In March, they laid off 12,000 people. I've heard they're going to be laying off a lot more. I don't know if we would call it elite. I don't know if these are the qualities that make it elite, the number of amenities for the employees that are sort of luxurious and, um, you know, oriented to the comfort and what do you want to call it? I assume it's for the creativity of the employee, but um, anyway, may not be such a workable system after all. But um, I think it'd be worth inspecting what makes an organization really an elite organization. And I came across an article. I think I've talked about this one before. I may have mentioned pieces of it because it happens to be one of my favorites from Mr. Hubbard. But I don't think we've ever really approached it from this context. And I think it really bears revisiting because you probably should be striving for a sort of an elite type of group, particularly these days where there's a lot of discussion about the difficulty of attracting employees and keeping good employees and the scarcity of, of great employees. These factors that we're about to cover, possibly more than any other set of factors, really determine what makes that organization 
where the kind of people you want to have working for you, they're drawn to. They want to be a part of that. And uh, really, it boils down to, if you go over this article, three major points. There may be other ones, but these three major points present, I would say, qualify an organization as elite. And this article also discusses how you attain those three qualities. So we're talking about three major qualities that contribute to having a first-class elite organization that people strive to be a part of, and uh, their absence would, of course, create the opposite. Before we get into the article, let's just really clear up what we mean by elite. What does it, What is the definition of the word? So here we are, according to uh, our reliable Mr. Oxford, elite means a select group that is superior in terms of ability or qualities to the rest of a group or society. And the example they have here is the elite of Britain's armed forces. Of course, it's Mr. Oxford. It's, of course, it's going to be British. Let's see. Derivation. Comes from the French elite. Selection choice from... Elire to to elect from a variant of the Latin elegere, the select, basically, the selected, the best. That's elite. So you have an elite organization. Yours is the best organization of its type in its uh, environment or in its industry. That's what you should be striving for. Have the elite organization. But then what makes up an elite organization? So, all right, let's talk about now these three qualities. The article is entitled Organization and Survival. Its date is 10 November 1971. It's one page long. We're going to cover the whole thing. So we better get cracking. All right. So he says here, he starts out by saying, well-organized activities survive. The survival of individuals and those organizations depends on the highly organized condition of the activity. So here's your first quality. An elite organization must be organized. If you take a look at an elite sports team, for instance, you see that they are executing a disciplined, organized structure. It's not a group of all-stars out there trying to individually win a championship. You're talking about a team that is cohesed and organized. What What do we mean by organized? People have their roles. And they stick to their roles. They have their positions and they know those extremely well. And those are the ones they adopt. And those are the ones that they cherish and handle. Similarly, an elite organization, every single person that's functioning on that team has their duties down cold. They're organized. And you don't have everybody trying to do everything. Your receptionist is incredibly expert at handling and routing communications. Your salespeople are incredibly expert at sales. Your delivery people are extremely good technically at what they're delivering. That's organization where there's a division of duties and each knows their position and they know their functions very, very well. So he says, a small group, extremely well organized, has excellent chances of survival. Even a large group, badly organized, hasn't a prayer. Let's take a look at the opposite. Let's take a look at a government. What gets bigger than a government? 
biggest employer in the United States. And yet, how much are they getting done? They run into debt every year. One would not call one's government organizations elite organizations. In fact, it's almost laughable to call them organizations at all, except in some rare instances. Okay. So he says, now, this is very important because he's describing the essence of organization. He says, the essence of organization is org boarding. Org is short for organization. So creating an organizing board. So you have this division of duties expressed uh, sequentially. There's a whole, we've done a number of episodes on organizing boards. You should look them up. Just put in the word org or organizing and board in the search. You'll find the earlier episodes. But he says the essence of organization is org boarding, posting with reality. That's right. You want to make sure that the positions that you're posting are the ones that really make sense. You know, hey, we don't have a salesperson. We, need, we better post a salesperson. I have an organization that uh, is hiring technical personnel like mad without hiring any salespeople. That's not hiring with reality, okay? In some cases, the most real posting that's needed would be a facility for the person on top. I have other members whose executives are overworked and overrun and they really need a secretary. They don't see it that way. So they're, they're posting other positions. It's not real. It's not facilitating what really needs to be facilitated, which is the guy at the top or the girl at the top. So he says, the essence of organization is org boarding, posting with reality, and in keeping with the duties being performed, training and adding. Now, this is quality number one of an elite group. They're organized. But look at what he's saying here. He says, org boarding, posting with reality, and in keeping with the duties being performed, training and adding. Okay, chalk it up. How do we get better organized? you'll see he introduces this concept of training and hatting, making sure people really know their functions expertly and extremely well. Okay, uh, the reason I'm emphasizing that is we're going to revisit this again and again. Okay, so he says, to this has to be added the actual performance of the duties so that the activity is productive. Look, you can go all out on hatting and training, but if you're not demanding people are also producing, that's pointless. So he's added this other element. Hat them by all means, organize them, put them on the organizing board, post them with reality. The other thing, by the way, which I've observed before, when posting, take into account who you have in front of you. Don't take a mouse and post them as a salesperson or take a salesperson and put them in an administrative function, like post with reality of who that person is. Anyway, that all has to do with correctly organizing the activity. So he says, listen to this, the outward signs of a badly organized group are slovenliness, that's sloppy, dirty, slovenliness, and fumbles. If you have an organization that isn't sharp looking, that, uh, that is messy or dirty, that's what slovenly means, messy or dirty. You, you have an organization that looks like that, you know it ain't an elite organization. You know it's not a very well organized and trained and hatted organization. So he says, uh, the outward signs of a badly organized group are slovenliness and fumbles. Lots of mistakes, errors, uh, people being disserviced, complaints. No, that ain't organized and that ain't elite, okay? But there's two other components he goes into here. Very interesting. He says, another ingredient that goes hand in hand with organization and survival is toughness. The ability to stand up to and confront and handle whatever comes the way of the organization depends utterly on the ability of the individuals of the organization 
to stand up to, confront, and handle what comes the individual's way. The composite whole of this ability makes a tough organization. What makes a tough organization? Tough individuals. No way around it. You can't describe an organization as tough if the individuals within it are fumbly, if they can't handle what comes their way, if they, if they fold underneath pressure. Let's go. Or the necessity to get something done so that the organization can survive, so that it can expand. And you see businesses going out of business. You see them going bankrupt. You see them folding. You see them contracting. You're looking at a very untough organization. What does that mean? Very untough individuals. Well, all right. So the individuals aren't up to it. They're not handling it. That would not make for an elite organization. That would make for a weak organization. But listen to this. An individual who is not properly posted isn't performing the duties of the post, is not trained and hatted. Here we go again. Trained and hatted. Trained and hatted. He says, an individual who is not properly posted, isn't performing the duties of the post, is not trained or hatted, is soft. He has no position to hold. Therefore, he goes down at the first fan of a feather. You look at it today. A little bit of pressure. Somebody folds. You go, wow, they're not making human beings like they used to or whatever your, your adage might be. That's not true. They are not posted correctly. They're not posted with reality. They're not hatted and they're not trained. Uh, why am I digging this in? Because I see this as one of the most underplayed aspects of building an organization, hatting and training your employees. I even have members say, why would I train them? I'm just going to lose them. You're never going to build an elite organization that way. You want to have an elite organization when you can be very proud of a tough organization. Well, organized, you know, these are the same guys that come back to me and say, you know, I can't get out of my business and I'm stuck here and can never get any time off. I don't have time for other things. I don't have time for other games. Well, you're not building an elite organization. You're not building one that's organized. You're not building one that's tough. And then there's another factor here. We're going to bring this third factor in. He says, confidence in one's teammates is another factor in organization survival. Confidence in oneself is something that has to be earned. I love this, you know, all these lessons on self-confidence and it's such a bunch of drivel. Really, you, if you want to have confidence in self, you earn it. You earn it for yourself. You don't just earn it for your fellows. You have to earn it for yourself, right? How do you earn it? He tells you here. He says, confidence in one's teammates is another factor in organization survival. Confidence in oneself is something that has to be earned. It is respect. This is a compound of demonstrated competence, being on post, and being dependable. We're right back where we were, right? Being able to be on a position being able to handle the things that come up. In other words, trained and had it. He goes on to say this, after an individual has failed, confidence in him on the part of his teammates sinks. He has lost face and is not respected. This then shows itself up in numerous ways. It is up to that individual to earn back confidence so that his teammates will again trust him. So, this is probably pretty enlightening for you. I mean, it's common sense, but take a look at it. You know, 
losing confidence of your teammates, losing losing confidence in self, losing respect, losing respect for self. This shows up in numerous ways. And it's you're not going to build your elite organization with that. If the teammates there don't have, you look at a great sports team where they have total confidence in their, their goaltender, they have total confidence in their defense, they have total confidence in their forwards to score and so forth. I'm thinking hockey, but most of the teams organize similarly. So, you know, we know that so-and-so is going to take care of his end of expansion. He's going to score the goals. If I can just keep you know the puck out of the net, if I can just defend against these guys, I know my scorers are going to do their job. If the scorers are not going to do their job and I'm losing confidence in them, what starts to happen to your team? It's going to break down. No confidence in your goaltender. You know, he's not doing his job. So he's not respected by the rest of the team. We use a sports analogy, but it's very easy to see now how uh, a marketing person who works his guts out to create a great marketing campaign for his organization and has incompetent salespeople. Confidence is lost in the group. His respect for the salespeople is out. Vice versa. Similarly, salespeople are working their guts out to sell and the marketing sucks. The guy's not expert. He's not competent. He's not trained. He's not respected. And the guy does not respect himself. These are not the things of which elite organizations are made, okay? Elite organizations are organized. They're tough because the individuals in their positions know how to deal with the various things that come their way, and they deal with it professionally, they deal with it quickly, they deal with it competently. Even if it's something they've never seen before, they're really well-trained, they can figure it out, and they can deal with it. And you don't have to worry about their end of expansion. The confidence is there. These three qualities we're now starting to build, you can feel it. This is now an elite organization. Everybody sort of trusts each other. They get along pretty good, too, generally speaking. You know, uh, maybe they don't all go out for beer together. Maybe they do. It doesn't really matter what, how they feel about each other. Personally, what's important is how they think of or regard each other confidently in their ability to handle their position in the organization or on the organizing board. Okay? But look, this is very descriptive. But listen to how he says... You deal with that. The, the person who's lost the admiration and respect of his teammates and the confidence of his teammates and the organization is going down the road away from being an elite organization, he presents the solution in the next sentence. He says, I'll just repeat the earlier sentence. He says, it is up to that individual to earn back confidence so that his teammates will again trust him. The way to do this is to get properly org boarded, trained, hatted, and to confront and handle with competence whatever that post is supposed to control. So now he's giving you, Mr. Hubbard is giving you the route to regaining the confidence of your teammates and the confidence in self, the trust of self, the respect of self. How? Same elements. The same elements, as you can see now, are going through each of these three factors. Worth emphasizing. Properly orgboarded, trained, hatted to confront and handle with competence whatever that post is supposed to control. That's your formula. You should write it right, write it down. Letters of fire. Properly orgboarded, trained, hatted. You know, people will hat say, well, I'm just teaching her the script for how to answer the phone. Yeah, but is she trained? Is she trained in the competence of communication? Is she trained in the competence of recognizing tone level? Th these are training points. You can give a person a hat, but are they trained? You see how Mr. Hubbard has made a distinction? Uh, again, it's, it's, it's almost like he's giving you a formula. The way to do this is to get properly org boarded, number one, trained, number two, had it, number three, and to confront and handle with competence whatever that post is supposed to control. He goes on to say this, the ultimate in no confidence by a group in a team member is no post at all. 
So guy gets fired or he gets relegated to some sort of an expediter status because no one knows what to do. They don't know how to fire him or they're afraid to fire him. So he's put in some unimportant place, completely unreal on the org board, no training at all, no hatting at all. So he doesn't confront and handle anything. He's just he's just a useless uh, appendage to the organization. That's probably a bunch of the 12,000 that were let go out of Google in March. Okay. The ultimate and no confidence by a group in a team member is no post at all. Reports from those who have no post or from those who are between posts stress the horrors of having no post. Oh, this is great. No one's expecting anything out of me. No one has any confidence in me. Nobody has any respect for me. I'm not having any demands put on me. I don't need any toughness. I've got the slack position because I'm the uh, the boss's son or daughter or I'm married to this or, 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 you know, no one knows how to fire me or they're afraid. I'm just going along. That is horrifying. You know, if you've ever experienced it, you know how horrifying it is. Not broadly promoted, how horrible it is not to be dependent upon, not to even be a factor. I guess, you know, you would think it was some sort of wonderful thing because you see people seem to be striving to be useless. But in actual fact, their lives are miserable. All right. Final paragraph here. He says, our survival depends fully on becoming entirely and completely organized. This will happen to the degree that every separate unit, department, and division in an org is properly org-boarded, properly performing the duties of the post, is trained and fully hatted. All roads lead back to what? Trained and hatted. Let this be the final word on how important it is to train and hat your employees. I bring this back over and over and over again in business-wise, and I sometimes wonder if people consider that I'm just pushing that because, of course, one of the benefits of being a wise member is that you can train your employees on the Hubbard Management System. So it can sound maybe a little pitchy to you, you know? Uh, Why would I become a wise member so I can train my employees on Hubbard Management? Like, isn't that kind of expensive? No, man, no. What's expensive is having people around you that are not trained and had it and competent that you and properly organized and org boarded so that you can have confidence. You know that they have the toughness required to handle whatever comes up and you will expand no matter what the environment is throwing at you. You will expand, but only if you take these words and put them to work. If you if you're listening to this and you're not a wise member and you don't have any kind of a company training program, well, I hope this really brings home to you the importance of having those things. If you want a life, if you want to have things that you're really proud of, uh, that you're creating and contributing to society, build an elite group, build an elite organization where every single person is on the correct post, well-trained, well-handed, they're tough, they can handle whatever comes up, and everyone on that team has supreme confidence in the other person. You will have an elite organization and one that will be a full-on pleasure be a part of, such that no one will ever want to leave and people will want to to join. In fact, they'll see that organization. I want to be a part of that organization. I've seen organizations like this. I have a member who has a uh, an auto body, an elite auto body uh, modification company, kind of a unique organization. He's had the same employees for 
decades. He's super proud of his group. His group are super proud to be a part of it. Another member up uh, in the Midwest with a construction company. Everyone's trained and had it. They boast to uh, individuals that are working for other companies about how proud they are of their organization and how efficient they are. They're the biggest in the in the state. They're the best in the state. And the employees are proud to be a part of that group. That's the kind of group you want to be a part of and that your employees will line up to be a part of. And don't think these values are changing so much that there aren't people out there looking for groups like this, because this is the, the opposite, the, the incompetence, the unhaddedness, the untrainedness, the, the lack of toughness, the softness, the weakness. These are not attractive qualities that people are striving for. And, uh, you say, well, you know, it's all about the pay. Pay is important. I mean, you know, you should pay your staff well, but that's not the number one determining factor of a successful organization. It's org boarding, it's training, it's hatting, it's toughness, it's confidence. These are the things that you really, you know, the three qualities I wanted to go over with you were organization, being org organized properly, toughness and confidence. But the way to get there, of course, is through training and hatting. Well, Hope I made my point, maybe a little bit longer episode. I was even thinking about breaking this into three episodes, but I decided to cover it all in one throw. It's not a long article, but incredibly important. So much in there. I hope you got a lot out of this. And if you did, give us a like if you liked it. Enter your comments. Uh, write us at info at And thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week.